of introducing our pastor, Brent Locker. Our pastor and dad in the spirit. And I know we're all so grateful. Yeah, let's... And I don't, I know some of you are probably new, most of you know this already, but Brent and Suzanne founded this church 12 years years ago. It was like 11 11 and a half. 20, what, 10 people in in a living room for quite a while and then slowly has grown up from there. So we're so grateful, Brent, for how you've shown us the Father's heart and given us all such a revelation of what we never had before. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. I am pretty pumped up tonight. Um, we need to pray. Because as we just heard about this river that's flowing, we will get so much more out of this if we just jump on in and yield to the current that is flowing. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we're in. (laughs) We choose, we choose you, we choose to be all in. Let your river flow, let your current take us where you desire to take us. And this is a river, by the way, that flows uphill. You're going higher. Holy Spirit, you have a way of making things I say sound brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> of taking things into the depths of our heart where it'll make a difference. So we invite you even to bypass our brains. We're just saying to our spirits, rise up. To our own spirits, we're saying, rise up. You spirits that are connected, directly connected to the Holy Spirit. That spirit within us is directly connected to Holy Spirit. So our spirits get to rise up and, and see the truth, see heaven, see from heaven's perspective as we usher heaven to earth, as we've been taught to do. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Exactly. (laughs) Susan was mentioning about 
getting our getting the anointing into the new carpet next week, you know. Um, we had a really wonderful uh, conversation with Pastor Darren of this church this last week, and uh, the remodel is not only here but in other parts of the building as well. And uh, he was really excited to show it to us and say, "Hey, this is your house. These are all the new things you get to enjoy." It's very cool. And he thanked us for um, the the residue that we leave on Saturday nights in the spirit. He really did. And he genuinely thanked us. He said, I, I have no doubts that what's going on here Saturday night is directly impacting what's happening on our Sunday. They were experiencing all kinds of miracles, all kinds of... Amazing worship time. Now we all know it's the Lord, but but what I'm saying is it's that whole thing even Leif was talking about, about adding into each other. And, and the body of Christ is finally getting it. Even churches that are getting it. Pastors, head pastors that are appreciating each other and adding to each other. Rather than competing and all that garbage. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? In fact, next week is I, I host a, a gathering twice a year with about I don't know seventy to hundred pastors and ministry leaders. Um, that's going to happen next week. So Chris during the day is going to be with these leaders, and then next week at night is going to be right here. But I'm always excited every time that comes up because um, whenever by the time those leaders leave, they are they are flying higher than a kite because everybody's encouraging, everybody's adding to everybody else. And, and they don't leave the same. They leave re-encouraged, reinvigorated, remembering why they're doing what they're doing again. Uh, so that's next week. I'm really super excited about that. And tonight, tonight I get to talk to you about um, something that, that is um, pretty important to me. And, um, you know, two weeks ago, I don't know if you were here or if you remember. If you do, you get extra credit points. Uh, although... Jesus already gave you all the extra credit points you ever need, but um, two weeks ago I talked about the great romance, I talked about our, our love affair with the Lord, which of course is just in response to his love affair with us, and um, today I want to take that to, to uh, what we do with that romance and how that plays out in this plane here uh, with each other. What I want to do is, I feel like I'm, this is going to be a little bit of a shotgun approach. Um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty pumped up. I'm pretty excited. Been all day. I've just been kind of juiced, you know. So, got a little. <laughs> it's Christmas today. Those listening on podcast will have no idea what that means, Virginia. But. Um, anyway, I'm going to do a little bit of a shotgun approach because some of this is coming from. Uh, a clear direction that the Lord is giving us about next steps and next places that he's bringing blazing fire and the kingdom of God. Uh, some of this is coming from our elder retreat that we were on a week ago. Thank you. I know you prayed for us. And Bill, I heard you rocked the house. Good job. As usual. Some of this is coming from Leif and, what, and the peace that he brought, brought to us and the clarity that he brought to us. And, and of course, it's all coming from the Lord. There's, uh, I, I'm, I'm really, really excited, actually, about 
about what he's been showing us. And so, like I said, tonight's a little bit of a shotgun because I want to I wanna lay some foundation that myself and the elders are going to unpack for months to come. All right? Um, tonight, my message is called, I Belong. And uh, notice I didn't say you belong because then I'd be talking to you. But I want you all to say, I belong. That's why it's called I belong, because I want you to read it for yourself. I belong. I belong. So we're going to talk about that for a minute. First, really quick review. Two weeks ago, I brought up Hosea chapter 2 and told you that God is not after servants, never has been. He's after friends, and really, he's after lovers. And uh, so this is the great romance that we're a part of. Look at that river, Susan. <laughs> we're standing in it with Jesus. That's the Jesus and his bride. He's a great romancer, meaning that's, that's who he is. We hear from the scriptures, God is love. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes when you hear that a thousand times, it, it kind of loses its, its zing for you. He's a great romancer. It's another way of saying the same thing. He can't help himself. It's who he is. So he's going to romance you every single day of your life. Get used to it. And when you're romanced by one that you love, then your response is to love him in return. And that love just keeps going and going and going. Here it is. Um, this is. This is why he's a great romancer. He says to us, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You want to know why he loves you so much? That's it. He says, you're mine. You are mine. No one is going to take you away from me. Todd sung about it. Neither night life nor death nor angels. Do, 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 do. And then Susan comes up and reads it. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of Christ. Neither one of them knowing that I have it right here in my presentation. I, I love it when the Holy Spirit does this because it's so fun. I was sitting there in worship and I'm like, I'm just giggling and I'm like, Todd didn't know that. Susan didn't know that, but you knew that. He just ties it all in together. So this is from the Message Bible, which is going to tell you the same truth in a slightly different way. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? Everybody repeat with me. There is no way. Good answer. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. None of this fazed us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Woohoo! So tell me, what can separate you from the love of Christ? Which tells me, this is the way I see this scripture right here. 
Yay. <laughs> True love. You and Jesus forever. It's carved, I think, in the tree in the garden in heaven. Meet Jesus plus you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it. <sighs> so, that was just a, a quick reminder because some of the things we're going to talk about, about how we're relating to each other, about belonging to each other, has everything in the world to do with first knowing that we belong to him. We belong to the Lord. We are his true love. If you don't have that part down, you can't get this part. It doesn't work. And as you know, in, in this church, we kind of major a lot on this part, but uh, we're going to talk a lot tonight and in the, in the coming weeks. We're not going to ever stop talking about Papa's absolute crazy love for you. That, that won't happen. But we are going to talk even more about what that means, what that looks like right here, okay? I want to, leading into this, we're going to watch something. Is the sound all good to you? Okay. And you could maybe turn the lights down.
Good to belong. Yes. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> as amazing as as it is to belong, as amazing as it is that we are so infinitely loved by our Heavenly Papa, it gets better still. goes deeper still. First of all, of course, we haven't come close to experiencing the, the fullness of his love. We have the fullness of his love. We just haven't quite, we haven't quite, like Susan said, jumped full on into the river and just become one. We're, he's, we are one with him, but the experience of that, we are, he's teaching us how to experience that in its fullness. But there's still more. Many have tried to find their entire satisfaction in, in closeness or intimacy with God alone. And you can't do it. Look at that silence. Like, what? Did Brent just say that? I'm telling you, this is his plan. It's his plan that we can't... It can't just be me and Jesus for the rest of my life and, you know, I don't need people. That's, that's not the plan. Here's the plan. God's plan is for all of his kids to love each other the same way that he loves us. That's the plan. So he says, this is Jesus. Jesus said, I give you a new command. This is John 13, 34 and 35. I give you a new command. Love each other. Hey. You must love each other just as I have loved you. Well, that's a tall order. Yeah, really tall, actually. All people will know that you are my followers if you love each other. I think we got a, a ways to go still in, in perfectly living out God's plan, but the blueprints are right there. There's no question what he's after. Now, if you've ever tried to love someone really hard that you don't feel like loving, you know that it's, that's uh, by yourself more than a difficult task. That's an impossible one. But he says, no, you don't understand. I asked you to love as I love you. How does Jesus love us? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, for starters, it's filled with Papa's love. He got, he got a whole river of love. There's no end to his love. It keeps coming and coming. But how does he love us? Oh, he loves us without judging. He loves us before we get our acts together. 
exceptionally good news right there. He extends mercy and grace and forgiveness. He tells us truth when we need to hear it. Because he doesn't want us to stay in a, in a mud pig pen if, because he knows what we ha- he has for us. He's not afraid of telling us truth. However, it's always in love. He can't condemn you. He's already died to prove your innocence. You might think, well, that doesn't make sense. I wasn't innocent. Well, yeah, you are, according to Jesus. According to the Father, who looks at what his son did, his sacrifice. Now, that's, that's a crazy kind of love. Anybody here perfect that one yet? Anyone ever make mistakes in, in loving people? I'll tell you what, it, it goes back to when, what his dream is for us is that we are so consumed in belonging to him, so one with him, that truly we feel what he feels. We love as he loves. We love with his love. I think most of you in this room, if not all of you, have touched on that at times. You've been in that place at times. Where you just feel that overwhelming love and all of a sudden you just love everybody and everything and every flower and every dog. And His plan. His plan is for us to be so saturated in his love that, that, that that's what we do. We love each other. Here's the thing. Is that that we belong to each other. We're one with each other. I want to say this first before I go to we're one with each other about about, uh, loving each other. This This is truly number one on God's agenda. I don't know. I don't know if God has an agenda sheet, but if he does, it's right there. Because unfortunately, we value doctrine over love. We valued being right over love. We've given fear a greater place in our lives than love at times. And that hasn't served us well at all. And so Papa Yahweh is saying to us tonight, my children who are gloriously made, In my image, it's time. It's time to love as I love. (laughs) I love you, Jim. I'm with the zone. (laughs) Jesus is the one that told us how can we love each other well it's going to help a whole lot to know that we're one with each other that's going to help a whole lot Jesus said this in John 17 I pray 
Father, he's praying to his father. Before I even read this prayer, do you think Jesus prayed outside of the father's will? How can we be so sure? It had everything to do with his moment-by-moment intimacy with Papa and, and total reliance upon the Holy Spirit. That'll help to read this prayer as not, gee, I hope this will happen someday. Daddy, wouldn't it be really cool? <laughs> that wasn't his prayer. He's saying, Papa, I'm seeing what you're seeing. I'm declaring what you want. May your will be done. I pray, Father, Papa, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. We hear a lot about signs and wonders being... Lead, you know, bringing the world in, bringing the, the lost in. I, I agree. There are, there are places in scripture that say for some people they have to see miracles. I, I get that. But I'm telling you, the greatest sign and wonder of them all is love. And it's the one thing over and over again the Lord keeps saying, if you will love each other the way I love you, you're going to be irresistible to the world. Before I go on to... I, I'm just, with all of you, I already admit it, I make mistakes, and, and I'm just telling you that this whole thing of loving as he loves, it's going to come through the difficult times of trusting him to do this through you. I'm just giving you a heads up. And Jesus goes on to say, Father, I have given them the glory you gave me. I mean, stop right there and let's just fall on our faces for a while. What? What father, what, what glory did, did the father give Jesus? Are you kidding me? And Jesus says, Father, I know this wasn't for me to take to the grave. <laughs> I'm passing it on. You you taught me, Papa, that what I receive, I give. I'm going to lead by example. My glory, from you I give to them. (laughs) I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. By the way, this is not just talking about the twelve. This is already past the point in his prayer where he says, Father, not only for them, but for all who believe, for all who through them are going to believe. Guess what? That's all y'all. So don't, don't exclude yourself. I am in them, and you are in me, Papa. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much. As you love me. Daddy loves you. He loves you the same way he loves his son Jesus. There's no difference whatsoever. Hope you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. (laughs) 
We're in covenant relationship with God. I've done a long teaching on this just in the last couple of nights with the, this uh, night school transformed. I don't have time to go into it right now, but you know what the cool thing about covenant? Covenant is God saying, I'm in this for your best all the time. That's the way it is. Get over it. But you know what's so cool about covenant? What's so amazing? God shook on both ends of the deal. I could prove that to you over and over again if I had an hour to show you one scripture after another after another. That's what's so crazy about covenant. And in this case, you know, the Father and Jesus got in on it together. This whole thing called grace. Him doing for you what you could never do. And they shook on it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price. You weren't even there. You didn't put your two cents in. Hey, I'm not sure. Oh, this is a good idea. I'm not sure. He didn't ask your opinion. He said, I have to have you. You're mine. I'll do it all. Do you want in? That's the deal. That's covenant. There you go. That's my three-minute version of covenant. So we're in covenant with God. I'm his, he's mine, that's the way it is. I'm my beloved, he is mine, right? You're in covenant relationship. I'm in covenant relationship with him. You're in covenant relationship with him. You're one with him. You're one with Christ, I'm one with Christ. Hmm. That means, if we're seeing this accurately, we're, we're in covenant together, we're one with him, that, that makes us inseparable. It means that we belong to one another. Before I share the scriptures, actually, maybe I will share the scriptures first. Let me, and then I'll tell you more about this. First Corinthians, here's one of the places. Chapter 3, 21 to 23. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. You silly, silly people, Paul is saying. Stop it. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. That whole chapter was Paul saying, stop saying I belong to this leader in this one. You belong to Christ. They're all doing their part. And then at the end of this whole argument, he says, oh, and by the way, really, they all belong to you anyway. What? That's, that's exactly what he just said. We all belong to each other. Here, here it is even, probably even clearer. This is in Romans 12, 4 and 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, in Christ. Remember I said you're in Christ, I'm in Christ, we're in Christ together. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. What would happen, friends, what would happen if we really, really believe this? Think about how we take care of a new car. This belongs to me. I don't want any scratches on this car. I'm going to park all the way on the other side of the parking lot. So that nobody scratches my new car. That's a car for heaven's sake. 
and what we do to each other. You know, we ding each other up pretty good sometimes. Forgetting that we belong to each other. Many times I've, I've preached about Ephesians 5, about the, where Paul uses the man and woman, uh, bride and groom analogy to talk about Christ's love for the church. And I say that, I say that we're one with Christ. This is what Paul's saying in that passage in, in Ephesians 5. And therefore, the reason why I can tell you that Christ will never, ever, ever tear you down and condemn you is because he would be going down with you. You're one with him. Why would he put you down there? See, he's going to keep telling you who you are until you believe it because he's coming back for a beautiful, spotless bride. And the only way we're going to get there is by him telling us who we are and believing it. (laughs) You've heard me say that many times. Now I'm going to tell you something else. Here you and I are. This isn't just us and Jesus. Every time we tear each other down, whether it's husband and wife, any, anybody in the body of Christ, any time you, you rip someone up or put them in their place or anything, guess where you just both went. Well, you put it like that, Pastor Brent. That's a horse of a different color. I throw things in there just to see if you're awake, if you're following me. That was the Wizard of Oz. Okay. We belong to one another. But you know what? This belonging has to be intentional. Leif Hedlund, when he came here, he was actually, you know what, let me tell you something. Leif was actually quite taken with us. Isn't that cool? In a good way. In a really good way. He loved being with us. He, he's, he actually spoke about blazing fire in, in a way that he only speaks about a few spots on, in the country. Um, he goes all over the world. I, I, I think he, he mentioned this when he was here, but for every church that he says yes to there's another 10 he has to say no to because mostly he doesn't even go to churches he's around going to different countries mostly in the middle east and uh, he loves the darkest countries the darkest places where they say no one has reached them with the gospel and he'll go in with his love i love you papa loves you i love you and his love the love enters in and where the love comes the miracles are breaking out he really couldn't share a lot of stories because he really is in the darkest places where he can't even tell you. He can't even explain what countries he's in and, where, and who he's talking to, who he has access to. But it's the love. He says it's the love. And Leif said that something really special is happening in this church. He said he actually sees this as a prototype of, of what's coming, the love that's coming, that he says this next wave. You remember he talked about the three waves he talked about the Reformation being that first wave and, and believers brought into the understanding that Christ really did do it all for us, paid the price. We get to know him personally. There's no distance, right? And then the wave with, with uh, Azusa Street and many other uh, ways in which the power came. Holy Spirit was known as a person. And he says, guess what's coming now? 
Papa saved the best for last. He says, now I'm going to show him my love, Papa's love in a way that he's never seen before, this agape love wave that's coming. But what he told us is he said, you guys are doing amazing things. You, you really get it. But he said, what you've been doing intuitively, you're about to do intentionally. And I have to tell you, since Suzanne and I have been back from our sabbatical, I feel like we are in ultra fast forward kingdom speed. I, I can't quite explain it. And there's such grace for it. It's not like I feel like I'm like, whoa, what's happening? I don't even know. What, what was that? What was that? It's like somehow it's all coming fast speed in it, but I'm also the matrix at the same time, you know, and I can see it all. <laughs> I am serious. It's, it, this feels so, I can't explain it in words because it's a spirit thing, but this feels so, so different than before because we've entered into an entirely different season. We really have. Now, I, I'm saying that by faith, but I'm saying it knowing it's 100% true and then not fully knowing what that means. But I know we've entered into it. It's not one of those, oh, it's coming, it's coming. No, we're in it. We're in an entirely different season. I can, I can feel with every ounce of my being. You know, in one, in one week from now, Chris Valentin comes. I mean, get ready for another. Oof. It's coming. And God's setting it up. Every single thing I see happening, I'm like, oh this, is, oh, this is brilliant. Wow, I couldn't have planned this if I had a million years to do it. Something big's going on. And, and um, when we were in our retreat, we felt like God gave us a huge key, and that is about the family. And I showed you this slide a couple weeks ago. This is actually my own family at my mom's uh, 80th birthday. But I want to I just share with you that family is God's dream. It's the Father's dream. We, we make it about a lot of other things. Sometimes we, we talk so much about dreams and about, come on, do something for God. And we want you to, he wants you to. It's, by the way, it's father and son and daughter construction company. You know, you're not left out. He wants you to do great things. In fact, he's prepared great things in advance for you to do. But sometimes we get so caught up in the got to do great things for God um, that we bypass family altogether and we kind of step on people along the way. But it doesn't matter because I'm doing great things for God. See, you're kind of losing the whole point. I still go back to uh, Bob Jones, the prophet, um, who went to heaven. And you know, here's a guy who was already prophesying mightily, being used by God a lot already by that time, going around the world. And Jesus asked him one question. Did you learn to love? Ooh. See, that'll put things in their proper perspective. Did you learn to love? So we feel like God showed us that family is a huge, huge key for what he's doing here, what he's about to do here, what he's doing across the earth. Huge key. 
not just a little key, not just one of 15 keys on your key ring that you can use now and then, a huge key. I want you to just picture with me for a minute. Blazing fire. We focus a lot on, where's, I don't know why I want to do this, but I just got it in my head right now. So here we go. Not to break this. Okay. All right. So here we go. Here's God's glory. So here we are in blazing fire. And we got all kinds of glory and presence. In fact, it's been our whole goal for 10, 11 plus years. And we're pretty good at saying, Papa, we want you. We'll stay here all night if you want us to. We love your presence. It's all we want. And we get lots of people who come who say, I love the presence. I love, I love God's presence here. I love the freedom of the spirit. But see, what God's doing is he's starting to say, okay, from heaven's perspective, it's like this. He says, I want you to look at what I'm looking at. And I'm looking down. And I love that you want me. And I'm seeing a bunch of my children gathering more and more. And in fact, there's a, there's a fire. There's a blazing fire that's erupting right here. Of, his, of people enjoying his presence. Then we are encouraging people. We want you to go, 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 go. Give it away. Go after your dreams. So we, we take it out. We take, we take this glory here. So it's glory up here. He says, good. Now it's down here. I want you to take it out. Okay? That's kind of what we're about. However, this is what the Lord was showing us. He says, you're never going to stop doing this because that's who you guys are. So you all can rest easy. Okay? We're not going to all of a sudden, we're not going to not be a, a presence church. We're always going to be about his presence. Besides, it's Christmas. We should have presence on Christmas. <laughs> okay? So... Just making sure you're awake. So, what, he's, what he really wants us to focus on, he made it extremely clear to us, is, is this part in here where we're all coming together. But he says, but I, I really want an intentional family. Because in this family atmosphere here, this is where we get to work out all of our stuff. Bummer. I just I just wanted to worship God and get lost in the glory. And he says, Yeah, but if you aren't part of a family where you're invested and you aren't gonna run when things get tough, then when you go out with my glory, oh it's gonna be purer than you ever thought possible. But so often we want to take the, running, the glory and run out here with it because it's way easier than dealing with people. Sometimes it's even easier to love prisoners or who else? Cause... But the people you got to see every week and those that said something that you didn't like and stuff like that. See, God wants a family where we actually love as he loves. We love each other as he loves. This is what he's after. And I want to tell you something. This is what the world is after. The, world, the people in the world are desperately longing for something that's real. 
So if we're just going to put on a show and kind of put on a smile and be nice to each other when we see each other, but not because I really like you, but because I have to. Of course, I didn't mean that. But if that's what we're going to do, the world sees that from a mile away. Oh, please. Laughter feeds me, Cynthia. What the world's looking for is something real that they can belong to. Do you know why? Because there's a world full of orphans out there. And they want to belong to a real family. Not a fake family. Not a let's pretend family, but a real family. In fact, everyone in this room, y'all long for that. It's because it's wired in us. Because God's... because. Family is God's dream. So he put it right inside of you. This key is not just for us, but like I said, it's for the whole world. This is why this tsunami wave of Papa's love is coming. We needed to know that we needed to know the finished work of the cross. That never goes out of style. That message never gets old. The good news is is astounding. You know, Susan reads... Romans 8, and we all, you know, hoot and holler and clap at the end, as we should. Don't ever get tired of the good news that Christ did it all. We needed the Holy Spirit because we were a powerless church for a long time. We forgot the one that was given to us to be our best friend and counselor. God said, well, that's not going to do. So he reintroduces us to Holy Spirit. And now he says, and, come on, y'all. This is time now. It's time. You have Jesus who has set you free and set you free and set you free. You have Jesus who paid the price. None of us are separated from the Father, right? Would you agree with that? That's actually the gospel. I'm just telling you the gospel. None of you are are separated from the Father. So what Jesus has allowed and what the Holy Spirit ushers in with us is says, okay, it's okay now. You all can gather in. Come on in. You don't have to exclude anybody. You can't say to that person, well, you're not needed. If we, if we get to the place where we say, well, we're better off without that person here, we've completely missed, we've completely missed it. Now, is it difficult sometimes? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the growing up party, <laughs> which, which I am part of. Okay, we are all growing up. We all got a lot of growing up to do, but, but I told you we're in fast forward motion. There's some, it has to be a supernatural thing. God has to do it. However, our participation is pretty important. Like he'll move a whole lot faster in a heart that says, yes, Lord. That says, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me love like that. Let me experience your love. Lord, in a way I never have. And, and teach me to give it away. Teach me to, let, to get rid of offense. All those things that would separate us. See, that requires us participating. It'll go a whole lot faster that way. But you do got to catch his dream. If you don't know what's his dream, you might not even think it's important that we actually work on things like that. Here's an interesting quote from Chris Valentin, who's going to be here next week. And as this quote will show you, Chris will say what he's thinking. He has no problem saying whatever he's thinking, okay? 
But this is some of Chris's thoughts that have to do with family. Chris says, I'm saddened by the anti-church movement that is being propagated by Christians. It's somehow tied to the type of grace of God teaching that has no value for personal responsibility, accountability, and discipline. This movement ignores much of the teaching of Jesus. For example, the parable of the talents where people were rewarded or punished according to their faithful labor. It also seems to forget that we are commanded to make disciples, not convert people to Christianity. This teaching makes no place for, he's saying the anti-church movement, makes no place for fathers, mothers, or authority, yet the theme of the entire Bible is family. Our heavenly father is looking for a bride for his son, which ultimately climaxes in a wedding. Hebrews 12 tells tells us that the difference between sons and bastards is their ability to receive discipline. You can throw the family out the door because someone misused their authority in your life, but you will just be cohabitating and calling it a covenant. This grieves the heart of the father and brings me to tears. You know what, Chris had this conversation with me years ago. Years ago. For those that don't know, he is very much a spiritual papa to me. He was there when, for sure, in the hardest years that Suzanne and I went through before Blazing Fire and, and helped us out a bunch. But Chris told me this years ago. And I heard him, but I, I didn't really understand the depth of what he was saying. And I have to tell you that, um, like probably a lot of you, I came out of different experiences where um, authority was misused. Um, sometimes it was against me. Sometimes I was the one misusing authority. Sometimes I just watched it from afar and said, I'm never going to do that. Um, and so sometimes when we experience something that isn't what we like, we run all the way to the other side. The pendulum swings all the way over. And that's kind of what happened is we said, you know what, we'll just have a church where nobody, everybody can come and go as they want and whatever. It's all good. And uh, after a while, we realized, well, that's good, except everybody is coming and going. Um, and I want you to understand something. If you don't know me, just so you know my heart, um, I'm, I'm really not, um, I don't rise and fall and feel good or bad about myself on a, Saturday night based upon how many people are in the seats out here. I really don't. But there was something missing. There were, there, there's been an element missing of, of deep belonging. We started, we kind of came back the pendulum a little bit when we, when we did the uh, vision builders. But it was kind of a middle ground, and I didn't know really much what to do with that, except I was saying, just tell us you want to come build our vision with us. And that was still kind of middle ground. And I'm realizing that in my attempt to not to want to make sure that everybody out there knows they're not controlled, there's no authority problems of someone wanting to misuse their authority to make sure you're put in your place, we, we just went way over here. And God is saying to us, it's time to come back over where you belong. It's, it's time that Blazing Fire truly is a family. Um, 
And I, and I have to say, it's not that we haven't been a family at all. You know, that would be unfair to me, even. It's like, no, we've loved each other. There's been awesome gatherings. There's certain groups that meet, you know, home groups and, uh, you know, whatever, different, different teams or whatever that definitely feel a strong sense of family. So I'm not saying it was non-existent. But I'm saying we haven't been intentional about it. And we are going to be. We're going to be very intentional. Um, and I'll tell you why, because I feel like that, that, that this golden key that God's telling us, it, 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 is, it is going to unlock more than we could possibly imagine. It's never about control. Family is, you don't, you're not part of a family because you're controlling people or you're being controlled. You're part of a family because you were born into a family. Now I understand. See, part of our, part of our issue with when we talk about family is I'd say probably, I'm just going to guess, but probably 10 out of every 10 people in this room have a slightly dysfunctional family. I'm, I'm just saying. For some of you, it's really obvious. For some of you, you're thinking about it and thinking, well, maybe, yeah, there's kind of a few quirks. So you start talking about family and... Some of those feelings come up like, I don't know if I like family. But see, God is, God, part of what God wants to do is, is show you what family was supposed to be all along. And the only way we're going to get there is not to pretend to play family now. The only way we get there is to be real with each other, to, to let God take this glory, this love that's in us, and purposely, intentionally hang with each other, work through things, be there for each other, celebrate things together, all of it. It's all of it. What we have to get rid of, though, is this mindset that's been in the church. I'm not saying it's this. It's, all, it's the church, Christians across the board. It's just been a lot more convenient when difficult situations arise to cut bait. It's just a whole lot easier. I... I don't need this. I'm just going to go. There may be some situations where because of abusive situations, I'm talking right now just about the church. I'm not even talking about your own families. I'm saying in the church. Sometimes there there can be abusive situations and, and there's reasons why it's not healthy. But I'm talking about a healthy culture where there's love, there's honor. We're seeing the treasures in each other. The things we've been building for over a decade. Let me tell you. See, part of me says, well, gosh, God, I'm sorry. We should have been here a long time ago. What was I thinking? You know, going all the way over here. But God has his ways. In a sense, we've been working 10 years at really getting this. Do you know how important that is? Because honestly, if you jump to the, hey, let's be family... Without this, it ain't going to work. So we're not jumping from one thing to another thing. We're adding on. And I believe, honestly, I really do believe it's in God's perfect timing. I really believe that. So I'm giving you a heads up because, um, you know, if you don't want to actually be a part of a family where you belong, I don't know, maybe you don't want to keep coming. I don't know. I'm being silly. In fact, I, in fact we, we, we really desperately need to belong. 
and uh, we do belong to the Lord. We do belong to each other. But just as it takes us a while to get what God says that we really do belong to him, it's taken most of us quite a long time to really believe that. It's going to take a while for us to truly believe that we belong to each other. So it isn't like, okay, guys, get over it already, you know? You belong, you love, that's it, okay. So we're going we're gonna to go after this. We're going to be intentional about this. It's, and understand, um, with that key that I showed you about the world, this is, this is not just for us, though if that were it, that'd be enough. But it's because God is actually using love to shift cultures that change the world. We've got to, we have to actually learn this. There's no option. We've got to go there. Let me tell you a very cool thing. I told you that Leif was, you know, very, was, uh, I don't know what I said, taken with us or whatever. He, he was very complimentary, let me put it that way. Just seeing the hand of God on what was going on. And um, so when we were spending time with him after, after Saturday night, we spent time with him Sunday. And he said, again, he said, there's something special going on here. You're going you're to be intentional now about what you've been doing well intuitively. And he said, I've got a, I got a spiritual son in the Philippines. His name's Paul. Remember his last name? Yadao. Paul Yadao from the Philippines. See, Leif has traveled to over 70 countries, but there's actually 22 countries now where he has established family, kingdom family, in cultures that's changing society in 22 countries of those 78 or whatever that he's been to. And he says, far and away, the one that's, that, that is more amazing than any is the one in the Philippines. He says, they, the Philippine culture already gets it, you know, with family. It's, it's just part of who they are to the core of their being. My amazingly beautiful wife, Susanna, is Filipina. She's first and foremost a daughter of the king who happens to have Filipino heritage. And he said that they get it. And he said they already get family, but when you bring the kingdom, when you bring this kind of love, the real stuff, I mean, you guys, if you were here, you saw Leif. He leaked the genuine raw stuff, you know, the love of heaven. He said when you add that to that culture, it was explosive and, and truly it's changing that culture and it's changing the culture of that family, which is now changing the culture of the Philippines around it. And I'm like, I want to see that. It's one thing to hear about it. I want to go see it, which I, I am going to go see it. But I'm telling you all this because um, one month from now, Paul is flying in from the Philippines to be here with us at Blazing Fire. I just found that out for a fact today. And uh, why, you know, why is that significant? Well, because Leif said, there's a thousand places I could send Paul to in the, in the United States in the three weeks that he's here. He said, but like the father, I'm looking to where I can invest him in a place that's going to value him, receive it, and steward what he brings. And this is that place. This is 
some of what I'm talking about when I'm saying it's coming so fast, so furious, in such a good way. It's everything is it's dominoes that are falling that he's lined up before the foundation of the earth. It's good, good stuff. Here's another quote. I love this one. This is from Rich Oliver. Uh, Rich is the um, he's the overseer. He's a pastor up in the Sacramento area, but he's an overseer of the river. Um, organization which ordains pastors. So all of the pastors and elders of our church are ordained through them, as well as all the pastors of Bethel Church ordained through the river. And Rich here is the overseer of that. Here's his quote about family. Here's the question that separates the religious from the righteous. Do you see God as your heavenly father, your papa? A religious person will hesitate to respond scandalized by the thought that he can speak of the Almighty in such familiar terms. Then a verse will come to mind and he will say, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. A religious person is content to be nothing more than a servant and thus they miss the best thing of all. There are only two kinds of people in this world, sons and orphans. Of course, sons is sons and daughters, okay? Sons and orphans, which are you? The devil's desire is to have you so confused about your identity that you will relate to God in any way except as a son, as a child. A religious person will usually relate to God as master, but Jesus came to reveal the Father. Perhaps you left the pig trough with a prepared speech that began, make me like one of your hired hands. God is not interested in that speech. He is not recruiting servants. He wants sons. He wants daughters. Like the prodigal, you may see yourself as no more than a servant, but God sees you as a son. Don't argue with your father. (laughs) Now, if you know Rich, you know that he would have said that with, because that's Rich. Don't argue with your father. And yet he totally means it in love. He's just, that's just Rich. He's just. He's a big teddy bear is what he is. So what does family look like? Some of you see yourself in there? That was, see? This was a picnic from uh, six years ago. Can you believe that? Six years ago near your house. Yeah, there's Lonnie and Sherry and Lyle and. And I see Kathy and Betty and Susie and Timmy. (laughs) Are we having fun yet? (laughs) So what does family look like? Enjoying each other. Yes. Family looks like having fun together. Absolutely. Family looks like being and feeling apart. Absolutely. Definitely. Family looks like encouraging each other. Woohoo! Family looks like resolving conflict. What? Wait, it was sounding really good until then. (laughs) So that's right, because if we're family, we belong to each other. 
And if we belong to each other, then when conflict arises, not if, <laughs> then instead of running away, instead of sweeping it under the rug, we get to learn together how to stay in relationship, how not to let fear overtake us when something messy happens, which it will. Danny Silk, I just, you ever, any of you are on Facebook with Danny Silk? If not, go be his friend. Yeah. I'm serious. I mean, I'm serious about that one. Danny Silk is the pastoral, pastoral pastor up at Bethel Church in Reading. Just today, I read probably 20 or 30 of his quotes just by scanning through the last several months of his Facebook. I'm like, oh, Danny, you're brilliant. He, he gets this relationship thing uh, as you would know if you know him. Anyway, I'm going to read just one of his quotes. He said, when we try to resolve conflict without our love on, people see us at our worst. So, you know, this is, I'm not going to spend, I told you this was a shotgun tonight, so I'm not going to, like, you're like, tell me how to resolve conflict with my, with my love on. I promise, we'll t- I promise, we're going to, we're going to tackle that one. We're going to keep practicing is what's going to happen. When we really love each other, we see each other with Papa's eyes. We see what he sees. (laughs) Fear, fear causes us to protect ourselves. And so most of us have not learned what to do with fear. And let me tell you, you know what fear usually looks like? Anger. Usually. Because, we, because fear, if I actually told you I was afraid, that would make myself very vulnerable. And you might squash my heart if I told you that I'm afraid. You've made me afraid. But you see, that's the place we have to go. The, our two options are, as a family, we either operate in fear or we operate in love. Those are the two options. Those are the two basic emotions we're going to operate out of. That's true of your, your own families as well. Your, your uh, what, what is that called? Your nuclear. nuclear family. Thank you. That sounds... It's true of your nuclear family. It's why sometimes there's been so much fear, control. Why? Because families haven't learned to be intimate. They haven't, we haven't learned really how to share deep feelings in a safe way and really value each other and hear each other's hearts and that kind of thing. Guess what? That's a skill that we get to learn together and we're going to. Because then when orphans start coming who have very different values and who are going to rub you the wrong way and not do things the way we do things in this house, you're actually going to have skills by which instead of your fear coming out as anger or or pushing them away or ignoring them, you're actually going to love them and work through differences as they come and teach them, but with love and grace. That's what's going to happen. But you can't do that if you don't learn it first. Thank you. (laughs) 
So, it's time to grow up. If I've offended you in any way by that statement, I want to tell you, it's Paul's fault. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. This is from the Message Bible. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Yeah. So I really do want to say, if you've been hungering to belong to such a family, I want to say to you tonight, you really are in the right place. Because we're going there. We really are. I mean, we've way, we've way crossed the line on this. We're, we're going there because we know it's God. It, I can't tell you in one week you're going to see like all oh, these things, but I guarantee you every time we get together as elders, uh, we have been and we will start talking about what this is going to mean in translation um, out this way, gathering together more, just all kinds of stuff, but it'll come uh, soon, sooner than later. Uh, or continuously, maybe is a better way of saying it. It will continuously come. At the beginning of today's message, I played a video for you, I Belong. And I would bet that, like me, the first time I saw that video, you most likely were thinking about the Romans passage that we just read and, and that you belong to the Lord, which is very comforting. But I actually want us to watch this again only this time this song is about how you belong to each other and you watch how the song still makes perfect sense because Christ is in me Christ is in you that nothing nothing needs to separate us from each other not when we're rooted in Christ um, before we do this, this this is okay this is my I, 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 we, we try to do things to actually take a step you know to, it's just so much easier for some of you sitting there and saying, I'm really comfortable, and that's a good word there, Brent, but I'm not sure what I want to do with that yet. We try to actually help you take a step because we're, we're, here, to, we're here to grow, we're here to change, we're here to say, Lord, do what you've got to do. So as we watch this, this is what I would please ask of, of all of you, is that you'd stand and you'd walk towards each other so that you can hold hands all the way across in, in aisles. So if you've got to walk 10 feet, please do. Please walk across aisles. And we're just going to watch this together. Patrick, before you get, could you turn the lights down too? Thank you. I'll be there. So we're going to watch this together. And as we do, I just want you to be conscientious of the people who are on your right and your left, and actually throughout this whole room with whom you belong.
I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. We belong to each other. Tonight, it doesn't make any sense to do anything except be with each other and if you need prayer, guess what? Be vulnerable with somebody and ask them to pray for you because they will. All right. So bless you. And, and you know what? Even this spirit right here, when we, let me just say one last thing. When we do our greeting every Saturday night, please, like next week, there's going to be all kinds of people who aren't usually here. Please not only love on the ones you love to love on, but go, go look, look for somebody who looks lonely. You have no idea what you carry and the difference that it makes, okay? And you don't have to just do it here. Go out there and go do the same. In Jesus' name, amen.